This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, good. Uh, hey, I wanted to uh, give thanks to God that we had the donation of the 6,000 pieces of candy. That's a lot of candy. So, um, uh, what's that? Hallelujah. And uh, so with that service coming up, I just want to keep reminding everybody that we're all evangelists in here, right? You may not be, you know, preaching full time, but we're all uh, bringing in the harvest for the Lord on this Easter Sunday. And one thing that has been on our heart to do is we'd like to be able to give out some grocery store gift cards to different families, kind of like we do at Harvest Fest, not every family, but kind of in a drawing format. So we'll draw names out of the, you know, hat at the end or whatever, and just bless, hopefully, you know, brand new families with a gift card. So if God so lays that on your heart, because I didn't know the candy was going to come in that fast, (laughs) but if God so lays it on your heart, you'd like to get like a $25 gift card to Food for Less or Stater Brothers or something. Um, Oh, Pastor says he'll give one. So if there's Donna's going to give one too. All right, there we go. Okay, well, if you got all of you that want to do that, you're amazing. And I've already got people, the RSVPs are coming in. I'm getting emails every day from people outside of the church that are RSVPing. So I know we're going to have a huge crowd that day. All glory to God because the kingdom of God's growing. Amen. And so if you are someone that wants to help out with that, um, I just ask you if. Um, if just bring it in over the next week or two, and we'll uh, we'll take care of that, and we're going to bless some families because I want the kids blessed, and they're obviously going to be blessed with. I mean, if that's six thousand pieces, and we already had several thousand already. We're I don't know how many thousands of pieces of candy we're looking at now, but the kids are going to really get blessed, and I would be so cool to bless some parents also. Amen. Especially if they're struggling right now or something. So, amen. Praise God for that. Well, let's get into the message tonight. Tonight we're doing a we're kind of doing a Wednesday night series for the time being. And last week, if you were here, you saw part one. It's called Fake News. Fake news. And uh, you're like, that's kind of a strange title for a sermon series. Well, we're talking about fake news because that is kind of, uh, you know, it's a phrase we use these days. And I see fake news stuff all the time. And I'm not talking about politically. I just, I see stuff and you see people resharing information or stories and you're like, you can't tell that somebody made that up. So I told you last week, I was just, the, the day right before my message, I was scrolling through a social media and somebody had posted this news article that they were sharing with everybody and they were being, they were honest, they were not trying, they didn't realize this was fake news, they thought it was a real story that a midget motorcycle gang had taken over the city of Boston. And I'm, I'm 1,000% serious. This person thought this was a true story and they were sending it out to all their friends immediately so we could pray for Boston and I'm like... A midship motorcycle game. So, uh, anyway, it's stuff like that. That I mean, it's just, you know, man, what's, what's going on? We're supposed to be the most educated, you know, the most brilliant group that's ever lived in the history of the world. And, and yeah, and, and well, here's another one. Put that picture up there, Nick. Here's my fake news for today. Breaking news. Cookie Monster found shot dead just days after sharing Hillary Clinton's oatmeal cookie recipe on Facebook. <laughs> Obviously, that's pretty, that's pretty far out there, but, but anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's fake news. And the, the, the truth of the matter is this, though. What I'm trying to get at is, as silly as all that sounds, there is fake news. There are lies that the enemy feeds to born-again Christians, and they believe it. 
They believe it. They think stuff like, well, God will never forgive me. I don't see how it's possible. I, that was the last straw for me. That's fake news. It says his mercies are new every morning. He's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness if you'll confess it. So if the devil ever tells me, nope, God's done with you. That's the last straw. He, his forgiveness, his mercies have worn out on you. I would say, man, that is fake news. That is a lie right there because the word of God says otherwise. If, if, the, if the devil ever comes and tells me this sickness is going to kill you. God wants you to die. This is your lesson for the bad things you've done. I would say that I could see through that instantly. I mean, the Cookie Monster story is more believable than that one. I'd believe the Cookie Monster thing over that. Or the Midget Motorcycle Gang. Listen to me. Listen to me. The Word of God says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus comes to give life. And life more abundantly. And so my goal, and even in discussing, it all sounds silly, it all sounds like a silly, fun topic, but the truth of the matter is this. It is very serious, because I see people that I know and love, I see Christians all over the place believing lies from the devil, and if they, if they can't see through this fake stuff, if they can't see through these lies, it is going to cost them dearly. It's going to hold them out of the promised land, in their life, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hold back the blessings, it's going to hurt their families, their business, who they are. You have got to know truth from lies, especially when it comes to spiritual matters. Because it's life or death when it comes to that. If, if, you, if you can't determine whether God's the one that made you sick or if it was the devil, you don't know who to pray against. Are you trying to rebuke God or Satan? You know, if you think Jesus is the one sending the storms into your life, you're going to be a confused mess. And if Jesus sent it in the first place, why are you rebuking something from Jesus? If God's the one that made you sick, why are you praying for healing? Receive the blessing of the sickness that he put on you. But the truth of the matter is this, is that God doesn't do that. Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. And if you don't even know who the enemy is, you're believing fake news and you are going to struggle from here to kingdom come. And it is going to be a really rough ride for you. So we want you to see through that. So let's tackle some fake news tonight, shall we? Who's ready to tackle a little, get into a little something here, all right? A little fake news. So here's the fake news article of today. The Bible is not fully true. Now, most of it is, right? Most of it, but it's not 100. You can't trust everything in there, right? No, if someone tells you that, what do you say? First of all, it's fake news. You slap them, then you say fake news. Get away. Well, don't, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, that's, that's bad. But I'm just saying, if someone comes up and, t- and I've had people tell me, well, I believe the Bible's full of inspiration. And I believe that the poetic prose, the, 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 I believe that there's so much that can be gleaned. But you can't literal a flood that destroyed the whole earth. You can't believe that. Seriously. Oh, you better, uh, you better believe. Yes. I believe that a flood came, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, came out of the ground and the sky, and it, it covered, what, what is it, 28 feet or whatever it said above the highest mountain peak on earth. I believe that happened. You can't believe that a, a teenage kid killed a giant with a rock. Yes, I do. Oh, yeah, I believe it. You can't possibly believe that a man named Gideon went out and took on 142,000 soldiers with just 3,001. I believe that. 
I, I absolutely believe that. You can't believe that a baby was born into this world to a virgin. Yes, I do. Try me. Because that baby saved my life. He didn't stay a baby. He grew up. He healed me of cancer, man. And so, yes, I believe every single word that is written in the Word of God. And so, I want to show you a few things tonight. Number one is this. You know, it may sound like the obvious, but number one, the Bible is the inspired Word of God. The Bible is absolutely, no doubt about it, the very Word of God. And this could be a very broad topic to tackle on a Wednesday night. But we know that God gave His Word to men to write down for us and record. We know that much. But the Bible, I believe, every word of it was written and spoken and inspired by God Almighty. Second Corinthians, or excuse me, Second Timothy 3.16. Let's look at 2 Timothy 3.16. And we're going to try to cover some stuff tonight. 2 Timothy 3.16. Who in here believes that the Bible is 100% true? Second, and I mean, it better be because I've, I've put all my stock into this. Everything that I am, I've staked my entire life on the Bible being fully true. And I, I mean, I'm convinced of it. It's never, ever failed me. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 in the New King James, it says, All Scripture, how much of it? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And so this tells me right here that all Scripture is the inspired Word of God. Now, sometimes people are like, well, I, I don't know about that because, I mean, some, I don't... I, some of it makes me uncomfortable. I just don't agree with some of that. And it doesn't matter. God doesn't need your approval to still be right. Whether you agree with him or not, he's right. Whether, whether you ever give the Bible your official uh, approval, your official endorsement, that doesn't matter. It's still true. If I ever come into a spot where I have grown up or been raised or developed an opinion that is opposite to something I read in the Bible... I'm wrong, and the Bible's right, every time. And sometimes, man, you maybe, even especially if you've been raised in some sort of a church background, there's some things that maybe we've been taught for years and years and years, and we just think it's, you know, well, it's got to be in the Bible, right? I mean, it's in there somewhere. I mean, cleanliness is next to godliness, amen? I mean, cleanliness is good, but the Bible doesn't say that. <laughs> That's a good thing. But the Bible doesn't say, and some people, you know, there's things we've heard forever and ever, but that doesn't mean that it's actually in the Bible. And if you come up against something in the, the Bible says differently on, I've got, I've got a choice right there. Either, you know, either what I've been always taught is right or God is right. And I'm telling you, every single time the Bible's right. And if my opinion's different, my opinion is junk and it's wrong and I better change it or I'm going to end up hurting myself somehow. But listen to me. The Bible, every bit of it, is the inspired word of God. And, I, you know, I, one thing that we can all be guilty of, even well-meaning, but all of us should examine ourselves in this area, sometimes with Scripture, if we come up against something that makes us uncomfortable or maybe uh, we wish it wasn't that way, sometimes we try to maybe 
interpret the Bible how we want it to say something, right? I mean, maybe we still want to get, you know, booze a little bit, still want to drink a little. Well, I know. I mean, and I, but I bet, you know, the Jesus, and, and, we try to, and we try to work our way around to change the Bible, whether we know it or not, whether, whether we know it or not, but we've all, every one of us, myself included, we have been guilty of stretching verses or rearranging them to fit what makes us comfortable or to justify our own actions. Am I the only one or have you ever done that? Well, I know it says turn the other cheek, but he's a stinking jerk. I hate him. I'm not going to turn my cheek for that fool. you kidding me? Well, it's fine, but you're wrong. It says to turn the other cheek. It says to forgive if you want to be forgiven. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, that doesn't matter. It's still right, and you're still wrong. And all of us, we've got to be careful with this, man. You can't rearrange verses and, 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 and stretch them and twist them and, and all this stuff just to make yourself more comfortable. You don't need to change the Bible to be more like you. You need to change to be more like the Bible. And a lot of times, we're trying to change the Bible to be more like us in 2018, and that is going to absolutely hurt you bad. That's going to backfire, and it doesn't work that way, because, well, God himself said in Malachi, I am God, I change not. So if someone needs to change, well, that leaves me or God. And God already said he's not going to change, and he's pretty stubborn, because he's right. And so if somebody's going to change... It is going to have to be me. And God's never been wrong on anything. So I, even, I challenge all of us, even the most well-meaning Christian in this room, all of us, are you, with any verse, with any part of it, trying to rearrange or readjust the Scripture to help justify you and make you feel a little bit more comfortable? Well, I know it says, you know, no, no, no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. Ephesians 4, don't use foul or abusive language, but man, I feel good when I blow up and cuss. I feel really good. I get it all out, then I feel better. Listen, you can't do that. It's still wrong. It's still wrong, man. You can't. And then just say, well, I know, but I think God understands. That's just who I am. That's what I've always done. Well, then what you've always done needs to change. Because God is not changing. And so I'm challenging all of us. Listen to me. The Bible is the perfect, inspired, infallible, unchanging Word of God. It does not need to change. It does not need an update. It's never been wrong on anything. And I find it completely amusing how, you know, just for instance, you could say if, if people that parented or, or ran their families according to the Bible, I mean, no family's ever been perfect, but that seemed to work beautifully for thousands of years. And it wasn't until, what, the 20th century when we introduced things like no-fault divorce or, or uh, I mean, just all the different things that we go through now when we got smarter and, like, well, I know this has worked for generations and, and, and all this stuff. But when we started doing things, and I'm not, again, I'm not making anybody, you know, I'm not putting down on anybody, so don't take it that way. But I'm just saying, when we did things for thousands of years, according to how this said it, things seemed to go a whole lot better in a whole lot of areas. When we parented this way, when we did our money this way, when we prayed this way, when we, when we lived in a society, I just things seemed to go a whole lot better in a whole lot of ways. So have we really reached a point where we're smarter than the Word of God? I, I don't really think so. I saw on the news this morning 
the most famous atheist in the world. What was uh, that, the guy, the physicist over there in England? Um, he died, and I, I feel awful about that. I mean, he said some mean things about Christianity. He said some pretty mean stuff about us and put down on us. But I feel absolutely awful that the smartest man in the world died this morning. And unless there was a last-minute change, I don't think he's in heaven. That, that, that's sad news right there. He was not smarter than the Word of God. He was not smart, and he said his whole goal was to figure out the universe. And people are like, well, he did it, man. This guy, if anybody figured out the universe, it was this guy right here. No, he didn't, because he still died. He still, he still met the same fate that everybody else meets. And listen to me. The Bible, whether you like it or agree or endorse it or whatever, it's still right. It's still true. It still works. And we're wrong if we think otherwise. Number two, how do we know the Bible is true? How do we know the Bible is true? And I think that's a very fair question to be asked. How do we know the Bible is true? Because, I mean, I just said that, hey, it's the infallible Word of God. Well, I'll break it down into a few quick sub-points here. The most obvious answer is A, because God says so. But that's kind of like, duh. Okay, we all get, okay, everybody gets that. If you're a Christian, that's good enough for me. If, if, if you say, well, because God says so, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm on board. Count me in, I agree with that. But I'm talking about how can somebody that's not even a born-again Christian, I, could, I, I can't just go tell everybody in the world that, well, God says the Bible is true, so it is. If they don't even believe in God, that does, that does nothing for them, right? And so I'm talking about proving that the Bible is true. I've got all the proof I need, but I want to show you a few other proofs that I personally enjoy. And I'm, there's thousands, millions of proofs of the accuracy and truth of Scripture. But there's a few that I specifically enjoy looking at and studying. And so, A, obviously, God says so. Duh. B, archaeology. You're like, okay, nerd alert. Then, uh, yeah, so, archaeology. And you're like, what the heck does that mean? I'm telling you, listen to me. I love it when we can, when I see some new, I just saw one just last week about some stuff they discovered in Israel. But I see it all the time where archaeologists will dig up something and like, oh wow, this was in the Bible. Okay, alright, well, we were wrong about that one. But archaeologists con- consistently discover the names of government officials, kings, cities and festivals mentioned in the Bible. And a lot of times it's when historians have said, no, no, the Bible, it's wrong on that one. There's never been any evidence of this before. I remember I read for a long time that, uh, that you know, that, for instance, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's not, those weren't real cities. I made those up to be mean to gay people because God hates gays. No, he doesn't. And no, the Bible didn't make up those city names. And what was hilarious is, I think it was just a few years ago, uh, some people discovered some ancient trade maps from, I mean, thousands of years ago. And on these maps from way back then was listed the cities Sodom and Gomorrah. Like, the Bible didn't make them up. They've been on, they existed for thousands of years. And, and the people back then knew about it. Another one I like is the Gospel of John tells of Jesus healing a cripple next to the pool of Bethesda. And the text even describes the five walkways leading to the, to the, down to the pool. And a lot of times, scholars, for a long time, they thought that, well, we've never found this. That, that doesn't exist. We've never seen that. No one, no one has any proof of that. Well, I, I, I may be wrong on this, but I think it was 2004, archaeologists found the pool of Bethesda, and it had the five walkways, just like the Bible said it did, and it was totally right. 
the Bible's right. It, it gets proved. Another, you want another one? So another theory that, that is still taught, and even in some colleges to this day, says that Moses couldn't have written the first five books of the Bible because writing wasn't even invented just yet in his day. And I've, I've, heard, I've actually heard atheists use this. Well, well uh, you couldn't be right. They didn't even have writing when Moses was actually alive. Well, they have discovered many writings from well before the time of Moses, so they can date back to then. And in fact, uh, one was from an ancient tribe called the Hammurabi, and it was written 300 years before Moses could have even possibly been alive. And so I'm telling you, there's stuff all the time. I mean, you could go home and Google this stuff all the time. The more that atheist professors and colleges and people try to disprove the Bible, I think it's hilarious that God just absolutely proves it right. I heard a story about this college professor. I think it was UCLA. He was an atheist. No, not UCLA, USC. And so he's, at, he's at down at the, the, the drawing board one day in front of the whole class, and he's like, I defy you, anybody in this room, to prove to me that God is real. In fact, I defy God Almighty right now, for those of you that believe in him, I'm going to set this timer right here. He has five minutes to strike me to the ground. Hit me to the ground within five minutes, and he won't do it. And so he's standing there. He sets the timer with a smirk on his face, just watching. And it's getting down, I mean, five, four, three minutes, two minutes. Then all of a sudden, this young Marine jumps out and uppercuts him and knocks him to the ground. And he's like, well, God was busy, so he sent me. But <laughs> so. so anyway... The Bible is true. So we've got archaeology. We've got Marines uppercutting college professors. Then we have historians. Now, obviously, the books of the Bible, they confirm the existence of Jesus. But I knew I was, you know, I had a discussion with someone a while back, and the person asked me, if Jesus really was real, why is the only record of his existence in the Bible? If he was that real... If Jesus really did exist, and he's this man that you all think he is, how come no other historian recorded his existence? Well, the answer is several of them did, actually. (laughs) The Bible is not the only. Several non-believing, non-Christian historians from that era wrote about Jesus, wrote the fact that Jesus really did exist. And so, uh, I mean, if you're a nerd like me, you may enjoy some of this stuff, but a lot of the Roman uh, historians from that era, they recorded about Jesus, and they didn't, they didn't believe he was the Messiah or the Son of God. They weren't trying to prove anything, but they absolutely did record and acknowledge the fact that Jesus really did walk this earth, that Jesus really was a real person with followers and disciples and, and did healings and miracles. But, I mean, a lot of them, they didn't actually believe that he was the Son of God, but Cornelius Tacitus. Uh, he was a historian of first century Rome, and he's considered by people everywhere to be one of the most accurate historians of the Roman era. They believe his writings about everything. Everything. And he recorded and wrote about Jesus. So if he was right about all this other Roman history, why would he be wrong about this one thing right here? He wrote about Jesus. Uh, Josephus, the famous Jewish historian, he was, he was a Jew. He wasn't a, a born-again Christian, but he also wrote about Jesus. He recorded that Jesus was real and that the Jewish, you know, a lot of the Jewish people had converted to him. And you can, I've got his writings in my office, but Josephus was absolutely a real person that recorded about Jesus. Uh, 
well, well, here's a few other names. Suetonius, Pliny the Younger, Thallus. All these guys, and if I'm getting too nerdy for you, forgive me, but all these guys are trusted and verified Roman historians that they use in, in textbooks and colleges to this day for their writings and their recordings of what happened in the Roman Empire. If they can be trusted on all these other things, why would they lie about somebody they didn't even believe was, was you know, the Messiah? Well, they weren't trying to do Jesus any favors by recording that he was real. And so to tell me, if Jesus really was real, if the Bible really is true, how come no other books record Jesus? That's a lie. A lot of ancient writers from his era did. So if anyone ever tells you that, fake news, hashtag, get over it. All right. So that was C. All right, D. How do we know the Bible is true? And here's, here's my favorite. Because it's teaching still work today. It still works. If it wasn't true, then how come I lay hands on people in the name of Jesus and they get healed? If it's not true, how come drug addicts come into this church and get delivered if it's not true? If the Bible is full of error, how can my men like the Jesses, I don't see them tonight, but Montenegro being the, the felon and all that, how can he turn his life around simply by trusting in the name of Jesus if the Bible isn't true? How could I... How could Pam, how could Dylan be healed of cancer if the Bible wasn't true and our hope was in Jesus and we use the name of Jesus? A pastor is the next great testimony out of this church for that. How could all of this happen? And us, us fools, we're just too ignorant to know any better. We just called in the name of the Lord. And I mean, by, by pure coincidence, we got healed. But I mean, it couldn't possibly be because the Bible's real and it still works. It couldn't possibly be that. Or could it? It could be that. And I'm telling you, all the proof I need is right there. I mean, the archaeology, the history, the science, that's all fun. And we can prove uh, the, the, the accuracy and all this of God with all of that. And that's fine. But for me, I love the fact that I can still call on the name of Jesus in my darkest moment. And a peace that surpasses all understanding floods my heart, my mind, my soul in Christ Jesus. You're telling me that's fake? I'm making that up. No, I'm not. I've seen it. I've experienced it. You're telling me that in my worst moment, when I've received the worst news of my life, I can still have joy somehow on the inside of me? The Bible's real. The Bible's true. It says the joy of the Lord's my strength. It says that I, that I can give all my worries and cares. I can cast all my cares upon him, for he cares for me. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, do not worry about anything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He's done. And His peace, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You can believe that if you want to or not, but I believe it. And it's worked for me, and it's bailed me out time and time and time again. And so, amen? Hey, take that for what it's worth. But the Bible's real. The Word of God, every single word in there, is absolutely real true. There's a famous Christian singer, I won't mention names because I'm a nice guy, but I used to like his music, and he decided a few years ago that the Bible's good inspiration, but it couldn't possibly be 100% accurate, accurate uh, truth. I mean, a flood to, that came and, and destroyed the whole earth and, and all these different things, and he's like, I believe there's symbolism in that, but it just I don't really take it as being true. And I was like, whoa, bro, you lost me, man. I'm out of here. I'm not listening to your stuff ever again. And so people were coming to this guy and like, 
you're, tell, you're, you're writing songs about Jesus, but you don't even think that his book is all the way true? What's wrong with you? And he's like, I'll tell you what your people's problem is. You elevate that book over Jesus himself. That's idolatry. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I think I said it a fifth time. I can't remember, but I think I said, whoa, that you're telling me that it's possible to think too highly of the word of God. You're, you're a Christian, a born-again Christian, and you think that I'm putting the Word of God, the Bible, on too high of a platform? I'm putting it... John 1, 1 says that Jesus is the Word. So the more I elevate the Word, the more I elevate Jesus. If you're trying to divide Jesus and the Bible into two separate things, you're crazier than we thought you were. And your music wasn't that good anyway, bro. It was not that... You had one good song, and that was it. So, anyway, anyway. Just one good song. All right, running out of time. Point number three. It's dangerous to add or take away from Scripture. We all know this. But you don't get to add or take away. And, well, I don't like that one. I'm just going to cut that out or pretend it doesn't exist. I'm going to put my head in the sand. I don't like that one. But it's dangerous, man, to add or take away from Scripture. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 and 6. Let's flip over there real quick. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 5 through 6. So again, let's review. Someone comes up and says, I, I, I think the Bible's good inspiration, or it's, it's good allegory, or it's good, but I don't believe it's all the way true. What's your answer? Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6. And, I mean, there's, we could have gone, uh, I had a lot of scriptures for, the, for this point. We could have looked at the, the very end of the Bible, Revelation, where it tells you not to add or take away from the prophecy. But Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6, it says, Every word of God proves true. And the church said... Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. I think that's good news right there. Every word of God proves true. He's a shield to all who come to him for protection. Verse 6, do not add to his words, or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. Woo! So it says right there, don't add to his words. Or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. And so, and we think like, well, nobody is dumb enough to add. Yeah, they are. Oh, yeah. I know people dumb enough to try to add to Scripture. And like, well, this is good, but I mean, we need more than this. We've got, we've got, some, we've got some new revelation. It's not, it's not in the Bible, but I mean, woo, it's new and it is good. If you've got something new that's beyond the Word of God, you're way beyond for me. You're too deep for me. You're out there. I, I don't want nothing to do with you. That, the last, I mean, listen to me. When if someone tells you they've got some new revelation, and you ask, okay, I'll listen. Just show it to me in the Bible. And they can't show you, I mean, off of several scriptures, okay, more than just one isolated verse. If they can't show you their new doctrine and teaching off of several scriptures, Fake news. Oh, again, don't really hit people, but that's fake news, man. Listen to me. No, it can't. The word of God is firm. It is settled forever. And if God is not going to bring some new revelation onto the scene that is not in his word. And, and we could go. I mean, I, I, I looked at the Mormon church, man. I had some kid trying to debate me on that. Whoa. 
Again, not to offend anybody, but but seriously, man, that is some messed up stuff right there, dude. Woo! They got out there, and I'm I'm not being me. I, I you know, and they and every if you try to you try to debate some one of them with it. Okay, well here's scriptures that say that. Well, that one was probably just missing. That was interpreted wrong by the writers because, and I I actually had the stats on this. I should have looked this up. I'm just I'm just going off of memory here, but. Oftentimes, a Mormon will tell you, well, how could you possibly trust the Holy Bible? It's been interpreted this many times over the... Listen, out of 6,000 years, there's been a couple of... I mean, it's been interpreted to different languages and stuff, but even finding the Dead Sea Scrolls in 1948, the accuracy of those over a 6,000-year period is mind-blowing. The Book of Mormon's been around like 150 years, and it's had to have like some like 600 corrections or something insane, some insane amount of corrections in 150 years. And I'm like, you want to tell me that that is no, that is absolute insanity, man. No, if you get some new revelation and, and you know, and some angel brings you the golden tablets, but nobody else can see them except for you because you're the chosen one, run from that guy. Run. He's a nut. He died in a prison raid. He died in a prison raid, man. What a weirdo. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I mean I, I don't, I'm not being nice. Joseph Smith was a nut. And, and he got kicked out of church after church. The Methodist church wouldn't receive him anymore. Because they, accused, they, they, wouldn't, they kicked him out of the church and disbarred his membership for being a practicing necromancer. Okay? And talking to the dead. Listen to me. And he got this new revelation. No. If you come up to me with something like that, I, no, I'm running from you. You're a freak. You're scary. Get away. Pastor Dave called people a freak. All right. So any new revelation, listen, the Bible is the absolute inspired word of God. And so I'm going to look at one last thing here because here's what I really want to get out for you is this. Here's what I really want to get out for you is you can trust every word of God. If the Bible is wrong in one area, if it was wrong about, you know, being filled with rage and beating people up being a sin, then how can I trust the fact that it tells me that God will supply all my needs? What if it's wrong about that, too? What if it was wrong when it said that I'm supposed to forgive? What if it was wrong when it said that I'm, you know, that, 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 that God wants me to live a holy life, be holy as I am holy? What if it was wrong about that? Then maybe it's also wrong about Jesus forgiving all my sins. Maybe it's also wrong about Jesus being the healer. Maybe it's also wrong about all these other things I've based my life on. If it's wrong about one thing, could it be wrong about other things? Well, the answer is obviously no. It's right about everything. And you, as a Christian, in this day and age, with the world that we live in, we have more stuff coming against us than, I mean, it's a non-stop barrage of stuff coming at us from this world. Listen to me. You have got to be firm in your foundation that you can stand upon the Word of God. And it is true. If it says you can do it, you can do it. If it says you can have it, then you can have it. If it says that this could be your life, then it can be. But what I want for you tonight as we're you know, doing the fake news topic is you've got to know beyond any shadow of a doubt that the word of God is true. And you can take it to the bank. You can count on it. You can trust it. Mark 11, 22 through 24. Check this out. Mark eleven twenty two through 24. And man, th- this is what I'm talking about right here. We, we've... 
we have staked our lives on verses like this. The, the, I live off of this stuff, man. Everything that I am, every day of my life is on these verses right here, and they are true. Mark eleven twenty two, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. You've got to believe God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Is that true or is it a lie? That's the truth. I have spoken to so many mountains in my day and seen them cast into the sea. Time and time and time again, the devil, I mean, it may seem like the biggest insurmountable thing that I've ever come up against, but when I speak in the name of Jesus and really believe in my heart and do not doubt that those things which I saith shall come to pass, I've had whatsoever I've said. When it's been in line with the word of God, I've spoken it in faith, and I've really believed that those things would come to pass. God has never let me down, ever. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Who thinks that that's true stuff right there? That's the truth. That is and, and we look at that like, that. I mean, that's, that couldn't possibly be. What things soever you desire, believe you receive them, and ye shall have them. Because I, I prayed for something and it didn't happen. Well, guess what? I, I'm going to go with the Word of God. I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go with the fact that I'm not blaming you or whatever, but the Bible wasn't wrong. Something in between happened, whatever. I mean, I don't know if something happened on my end, your end, somewhere in between. But I'm telling you this, I still believe that verse. Whether your experience or my experience disagrees with any verse, I still believe the verse. Even if it seems like, well, I tried it and didn't. Well, I don't know. Talk to God about it someday. But I still believe that verse. Just because you tried it and it didn't work for you, I'm not going to change my belief that Jesus said in Mark 11, 24, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and ye shall have them. I'm going to use it again tomorrow morning. I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and I'm going to use that verse, whether you tell me to or not, whether your experience, whether your uh, you know, life experience agreed with it or not, I'm still going to use it. I'm still going to believe God, and I'm still going to trust that every word of God is true. And so we're wrapping it up right here. The Bible is 100% inspired truth, and you can stand on every verse in there, man, and realize that God has got your back. It's all true. And we listed a few ways that we can prove it tonight, but I'm just I want you to have this confidence as you leave here that the word of God is true and it will work for you if you don't give up on it. It will work. There's seed time and harvest, right? What comes between the seed and the harvest? Time. Sometimes we got to stand for a little bit. Seed time and then harvest. But sometimes they're like, I planted the seed, where's the harvest? Man, my brothers are farmers. They never plant seed, and then the very next day have a full-out thousand acres of corn. Sometimes it takes a little bit, but I'm telling you, there's the time in between, and when you stick with it, it always works 1,000% of the time. Amen? I'm going to shut up. It's 8.05. Let's stand up.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.